We are doing a live show. It's happening on the 1st of September, 2015. That's right. The 100th episode. That's what it's all for. It's free. It's in Brisbane, Australia. Come along and watch a free show and hang out with us after the show, or at least with me. I haven't discussed that with Greg. He's not He's not a people person. Come along to the show and tweet about it on Twitter or tell us on email and make me less frantic about getting an audience. Hashtag SE2KB100. Gregoire and Dan B. Stern are smart enough to know better. Welcome to episode 99 of Smart Enough to Know Better. We're a podcast of science, comedy, and ignorance. I'm Dan Beeston. And I'm Greg Waugh. In this episode of Smart Enough to Know Better, I will be encrusted with barnacles. And I will point out how vegetarians created the human brain. Then I'm going to tell you how to survive on a tropical island. And I'll show you how the Iron Age chefs left evidence of the magnetic field of the Earth. But before we get to that, how's your week in science been? Pretty exciting. I wanted to point out one thing. I, it was kind of mentioned in the last episode in the, in the outtakes with Rebecca. Uh, Alan, I have finished my masters officially. I am officially a master of the universe. Dun, dun, bravo, bravo. That's a giant chunk of your life that suddenly just freed up. I know it's terrifying. I don't know. I just sit at home now and suck my thumb. And I read some novels. Novels are really boring. But anyway. Uh... <laughs> I read a lot of lot of fiction going, I remember fiction. I don't want to read any more fiction. I, what I wanted to mention, why I'm mentioning it all, is it took me three years to do uh, because I just did it part-time. And I just wanted to point out to people, if you're thinking about doing post-grad or even graduate studies, do it. Go and do it. I'm not that clever. Dan, do you agree with that? Or TAFE. Or TAFE. Yeah. Or yeah, TAFE. Anything like that. Anything. I'm not that clever. I just worked my way through it. And I saw I had a goal and I got it done. I put the time aside and I did it. And people kind of go, oh, I couldn't possibly. Yeah, yeah, you can. If you want to do it, go and do it. You can achieve it. You can get that postgraduate studies or you can graduate from university or TAFE or your trade or whatever you want to do. It's not that hard. You just got to want it. You're actually pretty clever. PDA. Oh, you're way. pretty clever. Oh, thank you. But you have no work ethic. So if you're if you're listening and you have even a modicum of work ethic, you'll be able to do exactly the same thing that Craig did. That's true. You don't have true. to be as clever as him. No, no, no. He says work harder. Just work a little bit. A really. little bit. A little bit harder. That's it. Just have to get out of bed in the morning. For God's sakes. Oh my God. What about you, Dan? What? How is your oh, week of science? Good. Good. You know how we're always complaining about how the Earth is using up its precious helium. Yes. Like, the helium is used in MRI machines yes. to help people survive, and then That's people right. just blow a whole bunch of it, no pun intended, on <sighs> filling full of balloons yes. so that, that stick to the ceiling. So they can delight your children for six seconds, and your yeah. children don't care. No. Look, if you, they'd never seen one before, they wouldn't die in their deathbeds no. going, I wish I'd seen a balloon that stuck to the ceiling. Ah, yeah. Gasp! They will not say that. You can use hydrogen, but it's not quite as inert. And, and, as, as... and also, we have a, a friend of ours, his, his child is afraid, has a phobia of balloons, and so he has to make crepe paper balloon things. So they, they make it out of paper. They cut up paper and recycled paper and they make these lovely coloured balls that hang from the ceiling with string. It's the same damn effect! Coloured thing hanging from the ceiling, delighting children. That's how children work, isn't it? I have no idea. They're pretty I'm just colour. a teacher. I have found a solution, though. Oh, have you? Yep. Oh. I, I found a replacement. For helium? Yep. I'll show, I'll show you. Oh, he's got something. Oh, hang on, listeners. He's... He's got beer. He's got a bottle of beer. Yes, it's literally a bottle of beer with some sort of balloon on the top stuck on the neck. Okay. Dan, we can't. That's not, you can't just drink, 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 Dan. No, you can. Balloons are exciting at parties. Yes. You replace the helium balloons with beer. Right. And it's just oh, as good. Get your kids absolutely rat ass. Okay, so I've got a beer bottle here. Yes. And it's got a whole bunch of vinegar in the bottom. Right. Which is alkaline. Yes. I hope. No, yep. It's, uh, no, it's no, acidic. No, it's acidic. It's acidic. <laughs> Okay, doing well. It's Science. A, vinegar is acetic acid. Okay, and there's a balloon over the top. Yes. With bicarb of soda right. in the balloon. Okay. Okay. Yes. So, hang on. If you, which is which is an alkaline? Yes. Yes. Which is alkaline? Which is alkaline? What, at, 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 at it's a base. Point. It's a base. It's a base. Yes. So you're gonna mix an acid and a base. Yes. Okay. Let's do okay, this. Let's do this. Okay. It's doing it. It's doing it. Oh, oh. oh. 
there's gas. There's lots of gas. So he's making an acid and a base of mixed together. The balloon is filling up. It's got happy birthday written on it. It's sitting at the top. It's looking really, really good. He's yeah. wasted a beer to do this, I'd like to point out, but that's all right. So no, the, it's a vinegar. Oh, so it's vinegar. So, yes, yes, kids. Yeah, beer, yes, kids. Beer wouldn't... No, it's true. Good point. Be, is beer very acidic? Not particularly. Oh, there you go. Okay. Okay, right. So, we got a balloon. In the balloon, it's blown up with uh, whatever the byproduct of... Acids and bases. I can tell you what that is. Yes. It's I've inflated it with carbon dioxide. And check this shit out. Ah, shit. It fell like a stone. Not unlike a stone. Carbon dioxide is heavier than air. God f***ing damn it. Well, I think O2 is O2. CO2 is O2 with a C on the front of it. Well, yeah. It's heavier. It's a whole carbon heavier. I thought carbon diluted it or something. <laughs> it's, it is quite heavy. You can actually measure that. You can measure the difference in weight. If you get a, a scale that's like sensitive enough, you can measure the weight of the carbon that's in there compared to the oxygen that would be in there. You've just created carbon dioxide. You're killing the world, Dan. You haven't solved the issue and you've made it worse. God damn it. What the hell, Dan? Like, seriously, I, carbon dioxide on the balloon. That doesn't... I and it said, if you want to inflate a balloon, but you don't want to use helium because right. we're running out of helium, yes. then do this experiment. And right. I was really excited. I did the experiment. Yep. And it wasn't. It, it fell to the ground. Yes. And now, and I'm like, but the website says the website that you can. Says. The website says <laughs> it says you can inflate it and you can replace helium with carbon dioxide. Yeah. But at no point did it mention that anything to do with floating. It was just in the inflation right. process. I see. So it just says you can replace one gas with another gas. That's very true. It won't do the same thing. It'll behave the same way. It'll be chemically the yeah. same at all. I can, I, I can replace it with mercury too. It's still inflate the f***ing thing. <sighs> Thanks, internet. Good for nothing. Mesh. When you think of our ancestors... Oh, I don't. Before we were humans... Gets me too excited. <laughs> so before Homo sapiens sapiens existed... Yep. There's always been an idea of what made the human brain, the hominid brain, I should say... Yeah. Expand like, like why did it get bigger? Carbon what's, dioxide. What's, <laughs> what's your take on that? Why do you think the human, the hominid brain, started to develop? Have you heard any any ideas about this? Um, I was about to say the bigger your brain is, the better you are at thinking. But well, you are. Then, but what's what the gave case. the what gave the ability to do that? Yeah, well, that's a good point. Not necessarily size doesn't equal complexity. So, I would imagine that the brain getting bigger might be a side effect of nutritional variation. Uh-huh. Very good, yes. And then as a side effect to that, we got better at thinking and working stuff out. Yes. You're absolutely right on that one. That's what people used to think. That really? Because, because we started eating meat. People said, oh, we started to cook and eat meat. And because the, the denaturing process of, of when you cook, it makes it easier to process. And we got the fats and the proteins and everything. And we had more energy to feed our brains. And that led to the brains having more energy. And it could lead to larger and larger kind of stuff. Uh, this, might, this is definitely a thing. I'm going to give our listeners some for ammo for the walk right. of shame. Yep. This is definitely a thing. The human brain mm-hmm. is definitely all fat and a special type of fat that allows us to think. Right. I, I think. <laughs> like it's, it's not what? muscle. It's, I, I it's, thought it's, it was... It's a brain cell. It's not fat. I thought it was closely related to fats. <laughs> I, I, but I think brain cells are a whole different thing. Oh, all right. So people used to say that it was because we ate meat, but there has been some research by the Catalan Institution for Research and Advanced Studies in Barcelona, Spain, and they've been looking at archaeological and anthropological and all sorts of data. And what they actually think is, yes, humans might have started off throwing meat into fire. Remember, we've talked about this in the podcast before. Fire, hominid control of fire, predates human beings. Human beings have never existed without fire. And when I say human beings, I mean Homo sapiens sapiens, so the, the modern version of humans. So we, even before our species was our species, the hominids had controlled fire. Yeah, we did. So that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. We've never known a world without fire. Thank you, Prometheus. <laughs> you crazy Homo erectus 
guy with a slopey brow. And that's not a picture you normally see of him. Anyway, but what this idea now is that actually, yes, they would have cooked meat, but they think now starch-rich plant foods, when cooked, make it easier to digest the glucose needed to fuel the brain and support human pregnancy and lactation. So mainly it was actually throwing in tubers, seeds, and fruits and nuts into the fire that gave a much bigger boost to the brain when you put them into your brain. So some people would say, yeah, well, in the past they said it was meat. You're saying it's it's starches. They both helped human development, having all the extra energy for the brain to start, you know, to be able to get bigger. But what's interesting about human beings is human beings have an average of six copies of a salivary amylase gene, which allows you to digest starch. Six copies, and I still can't eat eucalyptus. And well, versus only two copies in other primates. So we have six, and other primates only have two. Does, so that, does that mean we can eat a whole bunch of stuff that they can't? Uh, basically, it means that we can digest starch more easily than other primates Ooh. can. This change seems to have occurred in the last million years so it seems to be something that it's important to homo sapiens that we have done this so that's the thing so maybe vegetarians are reason why the world is the way it is that we've got spaceships and and, and iphones and you, and, and you're and, still allowed to eat and starch if you're not a vegetarian well yes right but, it, but people go oh it's meat eating oh if it wasn't for meat eating then we'd all be rubbing rocks together but i go no no it was it was the heroic vegetarians which i have no reason omnivores. to omnivores the heroic omnivores. Don't ruin this for me, Dan. Look, for once, can the vegetarian have a win? It would only work yes. if the meat uh, counteracted the, <laughs> the starch thing. And look, it's all I'm saying is that if maybe meat gave you a leg up of one, but but vegetables gave you... Okay, fine, it was omnivores. Woo! <sighs> Us and goats, baby. Us and goats. So it's not really intuitive, but if you consider that there are parallel universes... Uh, multiverse? That's stupid. There's no evidence to suggest that at all. Occam's razor, man. Simple explanations. Yeah, that's what Greg Prime told me you'd say. Who? There was a jet that went missing months and months ago. Passenger airliner. That's the one, MH370. Oh, uh, yeah, that's very sad. Yes, I think they might have just found a wing, a part of a wing. Uh, yeah, on... uh, it vanished over the Indian Ocean, mm. but a, a, a thing called a, uh, it's a... It's called a flappian, so it's one of the things on, on the wing of the plane that goes up and down. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, or maybe right. on the tail or something mm. like that. Mm. But it fell off in the crash in the Indian Ocean, mm. and then it washed up on Reunion Island, which, which is, is just off the coast of... Uh, Madagascar. Mauritius. Mauritius. But yeah, oh, okay. Ma- Ma- yeah, which yeah. is off the coast of Madagascar. Madagascar. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I was surprised when I looked on the map, I went, I don't know where that is. Holy crap! <laughs> yeah, so it's it's way, it's like a yeah. thousand kilometres. Mm. thousand kilometres or miles? All right, uh, it's, it's many, ages away. Many thousand. Many thousand. thousand K, yeah. thousand miles. Yeah. It's way west of where mm. the search zone was. Mm. Mm. So people are like, oh, well, it's probably floated there because it was floating on the ocean, washed mm. up on the beach. Mm. So what they need to do in order to find where the crash was is get that flappian and figure out how it got there and where it came from. Mm. Looking at currents and things like that. Well, currents, sure, but but because it's on the surface, mm. it's privy to wind and waves oh, and weather okay. and all that sort of like yeah. local weather. Yes. Yeah, so, so currents maybe not quite as, as mm. valuable. And it's hard to trace this sort of stuff, which mm. is why, like, there was a boat that sank and part of its cargo was a whole bunch of rubber ducks. Yes, years, in, the, years in, ago. in the Pacific Ocean, I think uh, that was. I thought it was the Atlantic. Oh, was it the Atlantic? Oh, okay. It might be the Pacific. Researchers were like, this is the best day ever, because now they can track <laughs> the ducks and figure out where they're going and what, how the surface currents work and all that sort of stuff. So they're, they're really excited whenever they find one of these ducks. Because it's like, how did it get here? Yeah. Uh, that, that's not the case with this thing. In order to figure yeah. out... No one's that excited. They're like, well, where this flapping has excited. come from and how it got, managed to turn up on the beach, they're like, well, how do we figure it out? They are talking to barnacle researchers. Oh, uh, the barnacle life cycle—it's a little larvae, mm-hmm. and it swims around like a little tiny prawn-type thing, little yep. teeny tiny thing, and it just headbutts 
stuff yes. and sticks its head to stuff and then grows a shell around it. Right. Is that the creatures? The barnacles consume their own brain, so they're mobile when they're in their larval form. Like, yay, I have a brain! And they attach themselves to something and they go, consume my own brain! And they, they just become, they don't use their brain anymore because they don't need it. I didn't read that. Oh, okay. Walk of shame for Greg, maybe? Maybe. I think that's, I'm going to say, definitely true. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> Taking risks. <laughs> When this thing first crashed, some little barnacles, they sort of head-butted into it mm. and started to grow. And then, you know, 30 days later, another one crashed into it and started to grow. And then for the for the last four months, they've been crashing into it and growing and starting growing. It's been growing. a year since that crash. A year. It's been a year. Wow. So 12 months of barnacles crashing into it and then growing. Mm. And barnacle researchers can actually get the shell of the barnacle. They look at something called the stable isotopes. Mm. So they're looking at the layer of shell and the atomic indicators. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. To figure out where in the ocean the barnacle was feeding. So it's like, kind of like carbon dating, but, yeah. but, but faster. Not not looking at carbon, obviously. No, well, they, prob- they very well may be looking at carbon, but they'll be looking at what sort of carbon it is. Right, yes. Different yeah. types of carbon, yeah, isn't that, it? Yeah, that's what carbon dating is about, yeah. Yep. And they can tell whether it's fresh water or salt water oh, that it's gone okay, through. Right. Was it near Fukushima? Because there's like radiation oh, of course. levels. Oh, I see, right. Uh, was yeah, it yeah. near sulfur? Yep. The deuterium ratios can vary strongly with weather conditions, yep. like whether it's upside down, like whether it's in the light or oh. not in the light. <laughs> uh, the nitrogen levels and the carbon levels change depending on the diet of oh, the barnacles. Wow. Then that would be things like what was, yeah, what sort of bloom was in the water, what sort of nutrients were in the water from, because you'd have different runoff from rivers than you would from the open ocean. Yeah. Or upswells of things. And, oh. Yeah, so they can actually, so they're actually trying to pick where in the ocean these barnacles attached themselves, yes. and started their growth, and and that would give where you a they plot. And give you a plot of where they came from, and and almost a direct path, <laughs> like through the ocean. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. Yeah, this isn't the first time it's been done, though. Right, Ryan Pearson from the Griffith University of Queensland, Queensland, is looking to find out if the shell <laughs> chemistry of barnacles can reveal the migratory origin of endangered loggerhead turtles because the turtles are really hard to track by themselves Mm. like Mm. you can't for some reason they're having trouble getting because they're rare yes (laughs) you you catch them once yeah you stick the uh indicator on them you let them go you never see it again yeah it's learned its lesson once bitten (laughs) and the thing is they can't just take the shell of the turtle Mm. because like an individual turtle might go and eat something here or eat something over there or yep. change its diet or yep. have, a, have a individual experiences. Yes. But the barnacles, they just filter whatever water they go through. Yeah. So, well, it makes sense because the longhead turtle, if it, 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 I don't know if they eat fish, but they eat, if it eats a fish and it has, if the fish has been somewhere else, suddenly the turtle now has the mm. evidence of that, like the mercury levels or whatever in that fish. That doesn't mean the turtle was in that place. Just the fish it ate was in that place. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. or if one just eats a big chunk of uranium. Yes, of course. Like that, yeah, 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 yeah. But the barnacle, it just sits on the back and it just sifts water as it goes past. So it's mm. a really nice average of the environmental stuff that it's passing through. Yeah. But as you said, it's not the individual barnacle. It's the fact that it's the different barnacles jumping on at different times, having a different ratio of things, which means you can reverse back in time based on the size of the barnacle and what it's found in its body. Yeah. That's amazing. Hang on. I made a mistake. It's not so much that they can't put the transmitters on the turtles. It's that the barnacles could reveal the migratory origin of the turtles. Uh So they can't get the GPS on early enough because they don't know where it's coming from. Got it. That makes sense. And then there are people going, oh, well, why the hell are people like doing research into barnacles? Like, what a waste of time. What a waste of time. <laughs> and now we know where planes are crashing. Yes. Where planes have crashed. Lost airlines are crashing just because someone went, oh, well, let's call someone who knows about barnacles. Yep. And everything is important. Everything is important. That's right. So it's not really intuitive, but if you could zitter it, that there are parallel universes. Uh, multiverse? That's stupid, B. Dan. There's no evidence to suggest that at all. Occam's razor, man. Simple explanations. Yeah, that's what Greg Prime told me you'd say. Who's. <laughs> The magnetic field around the Earth is pretty important. It stops nasty charged particles from the sun and from space. 
doing terrible things to our DNA. I hate those particle charges. That's a, they're shocking my things. bills are full of them. That's, so we need to have this magnetic field. And you may have heard in the past about the magnetic field is weakening around us right now. What? And it might flip. It might change. Oh, the pole's flipping. Yes. yes. That's it. So, and it's got to weaken first. So it doesn't weaken well. That's, that's the theory is it will weaken first. You'll get little poles appearing everywhere. And then it'll, suddenly it'll, you'll have a while where you're like, oh, no. And so we're not just going to wake up one day and the entire compass market is like, sorry, guys, yeah, time to upgrade. That's, no, no. It, 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 we don't, well, the thing is we don't really know. And here's the problem. We don't know. We know it's happened in the past due to the rocks and the way the rocks uh, have changed their magnetic orientation. So we can see in the past it's happened quite a few times. We can even say how often it happens. But we don't know if it takes one day or a million years. Well, we probably can between those two but Mm -hmm. we don't really know the length of time so we've always looked for evidence but it's hard because it's just in the rocks rocks have changed the rocks don't have a period of time recently anyway Mm -hmm. but in south africa scientists have been looking at the burnt rocks on the ground of people's huts between 1225 and 1550 ad so by heating up the rocks by having your pot in the center of your hut yeah then of course you heat up the rock and you can make the rocks become magnetically orientated and this keeps a record Record of the magnetic field oh, at right. that time. So all these people who were cooking their food for 500 years, 700 years away. That's going to be burned. And that, well, it will, it will be now. It's going to be burned after 500 years. Unless it's a really slow sous vide. Oh, there you go. very slow. But we're not talking about the food. We're talking about the rock itself. So it yeah. locks in a magnetic field. And from that magnetic field, we start being able to understand well, what's happening. And what's really interesting is that there was quite a lot of change of the magnetic field back then. They, they were noticing in that in that 300-year period quite a large amount of change of the magnetic field based on those rocks. So we're like, hang on, but there was no magnetic field polar flip, but the field seemed to be weakening and gaining in strength over 300 years quite considerably, at least in Africa, in South Africa, at that time. So this kind of shows to us, or shows to them, and therefore shows to us, that these magnetic forces aren't as stable. It's not like the whole world is really stable. They think now that actually there's quite a bit of variance around the world, the magnetic field. And there's reasoning why. So it could change. It's not quite as safe and nice as, as it looks. And they think that this is due to the fact that the craton, which the craton is like the large initial bit of the crust, like one of the original bits of the crust that solidified, which is part, basically... Oh. Right. Wow. Most of Africa is, is is a giant craton. This thing is C R A T O N, and it's this massive lump of. So is it igneous then? It would be an igneous rock. Igneous, yes. but it just didn't spew out of a volcano. It was just very hot and stopped well, if, being well, very hot. Well, igneous rocks. If you, it ta- the longer it takes to cool down, the yep. larger crystals you get. So that's what granite is. Larger crystals. Basalt is the one that spews onto the surface normally and cools down quite quickly. Ah, right. So, so you get so you get oh, smaller okay. crystals. Yep. Cool. Got it. So, Got it. So that maybe goes the wrong way, but that's right. So these cratons, they think that the fluid vortices from the liquid material, the magma underneath, has lots of sulfur in it and lots of material, and it actually convex all through, and so it actually goes round and around and around. Oh, so it's gently spinning the continent? No, no, no it's, it's just spewing up underneath and going back down underneath oh, this crater. so it's and vertically... It, yes, vertically going, yeah, that's okay. right. And, and so it actually creates a really weird magnetic field area underneath Africa, because it's oh, a wow. massive, deep craton that kind of goes quite deep, deeper than you would normally think that the crust goes, because yeah. the cratons are, are much bigger, much more original. So I thought that was really interesting. So unfortunately, what it says is we still don't know enough about the magnetic field and the changeover to go, oh, well, it's going to do it this fast. But now mm. we know that it's a lot less stable. So these scientists are saying, well, maybe this will mean that the change could be very quick because the instabilities are quite immense, even back only 500, 700 years ago. Wow. So it's not just that there's a great big orb of iron in the centre of our planet spinning around. It's that it spins around and creates eddies yes. in the rest well, of the iron. The magnetic field of the Earth is, is considered to be from the, the difference between the inner core, which is solid of iron, yeah. and the outer core, which is liquid, rotating at different speeds. Wow. So the, the, the liquid core is, is kind of slower, and it rotates at a slower rate than the inner core. And it's these changes with the initial seed magnetic field that the Earth would have got from the sun. Remember, because we're getting a magnetic field from the sun as well, because that's Otherwise, you wouldn't get a magnetic field. This is very complicated for another time. But it would, it would basically, it's the change in the spin. So it's as simple as the magnetic field of the Earth will change in the same way that a river delta will change over years because the energy changes and yeah. cuts through different things. I, and... Exactly right, yeah. yeah. It's a natural problem. We just don't know. It seems to follow a pattern. We just don't know what that pattern is yet. 
So do river deltas. They sort of flick back and forth like a horse's tail. They do. Okay, okay, so Greg so Prime, it's not it's really not intuitive, intuitive, but if you, but consider, if you consider that there are parallel universes... Of course, Dan, Dan Prime! Prime. Multiverse, Multiverse theorem, theorem. That's, that's brilliant! brilliant. i got to tell someone about this! We send you into the time device. You step into the room. The door locks behind you. At the very moment the door locks, the machine switches on, powers up for one hour, because that's what our time machine does, and it will send you back, you see, at that moment, to 1485, the Caribbean, the island of Hispaniola. You have one hour to research how to become an amazingly successful person in 1485 in the Caribbean or the Caribbean. All right. This is lovely. This is much better than all the other guff that you sent me to, like <laughs> middle of war-torn Germany That's or something. Right. Yeah, it's lovely. It's, it's the Caribbean. What do you want? The Caribbean. A beautiful oh. Caribbean. The you island. Pluck, you can pluck fruit from the trees. Oh, look, I don't even need to do that. Oh. I'll tell you, because I arrive in the island of Hispaniola in 1485. Yes. It is a utopia already. Oh. oh. The Taino people number around 3,000. And yes. they be driven to the island because of raids by another culture called the Carib, who are actually the people from the stories of uh, cannibals. Oh, okay. Yeah. But oh. they weren't. They weren't cannibals. Oh, thank goodness. But tensions have lessened. Oh, good. And the Taino and the Carib now do trade. Yes. So oh. it's all pretty good. Excellent. The men hunted. Oh. They fished. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing big to hunt. They're not. It's not like they're hunting giant cows that kill half of the male population. Right. They hunt possums and shit. <laughs> I see. There was very little to harm you on oh, this idyllic tropical paradise. I've sent you to a wonderful place. Oh. Beaches, warm yep. weather, That's right. shelter when you need it. The beautiful nice, ladies. Beautiful ladies. <laughs> Huge huts that yes. contained like 10 families, beautiful tribal society. Mm-hmm. Such a place of intimate joy to share in all of the lovely farmed produce. Oh, farm. Farmed. Oh, it's 1485. It makes sense. 1485. But the thing is... They weren't taught by the people in Europe. No, of course not. Agriculture just sort of spontaneously popped up all over the planet, mm. independently of every other discovery yeah. of it. Yeah, there you go. It's yeah. amazing. It's just like, if, if, I don't know how it, how that, why, why that would work. Maybe I'll suddenly... send you back in time to another one and you can work it out. No, no one knows. Like, we, I've already established this. No, <laughs> I, I looked into it. They were described thusly when they were discovered. By you. Eventually they were discovered oh, okay, by the right. modern world. Right. They said they traded with us and gave us everything they had with goodwill. They took great delight in pleasing us. They're very gentle and without knowledge of what is evil, <gasps> nor do they murder or steal. In all the world there can be no better people. Oh. They love their neighbours as themselves and they have the sweetest talk in all the world and are gentle and always laughing. What have I done, Dan? And they will worship me like a god. And how and why? What? Why? 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 Because I've why? got pale white skin yes. and blue eyes. Mm-hmm. I've had a nutrient-rich diet, so I'm tall and strong. Right. I shall tell them that I'm in a missionary of Yahuha, the god of cassava, which is their main <laughs> crop, and the god of the sea. I see. Now, because they are quite religious, mm-hmm. they have these priests called Bahiks. Yes. They were extolled for their healing powers and ability to speak with the gods. Mm. They were consulted by the populace, and they then granted the Tahino permission to engage in important tasks, and I'm going to speak to them directly. Right. I don't need to bring any knowledge of the future. Right. In this society... I was born into privilege simply by being a white man. That, that, never anywhere else. Yeah. Well, uh, there you go. There you go. Finally, 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 the white man comes out ahead. <laughs> so basically you're going to trick people into being an emissary of their God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. good. Oh, that's and good. I shall live out the rest of my days being worshipped and revered. Oh. And then one day... I'll be staring out at the ocean blue. Yes. Possibly in the year 1492. Yes. So, so you've been and there I for seven years now. Seven years Seven now. blissful years. Blissful years mm. in an exotic island paradise mm. full of the kindest people that mm. you would ever want mm. to meet. Mm. And I shall wait for an amazing man, mm. an explorer of the world, the astounding Christopher Columbus. <gasps> 
and I will have a very difficult choice mm. because every fiber of my being will want to stab that motherfucking <laughs> in his motherfucking neck. <laughs> that might change the world slightly. It might, <laughs> possibly for the best. <laughs> So Columbus waltzes in so, yeah. in 1492 oh, on this no. beautiful island paradise. But you've had seven years to prepare, Dan. You've been eating guava the whole time and pawpaws. He, what are you doing? He was the one who described them, as, as oh. I said before. That's how he described these oh, beautiful no. people. He waltzes in and he finds gold. Yes. People are wearing it. Mm-hmm. It's somewhat common. He finds some in a mine. Yes. Or, like he finds some on the island. Yes. His crew also introduced the concept of sexual violence to the island. Oh, good. Okay. The Spanish that come with him, they really go to town. <laughs> okay. He returns to Spain and goes, dudes, the place is full of gold. Pay for another voyage and I'll come back with heaps of gold. Returns a few years later and establishes a new settlement on the north coast where he first found gold. Right. He sets up a gold rush on the island. Uh-oh. He's desperate for gold now. Because he needs to pay back his financiers. Right. He wants to go back rich, but he can't, can't find the gold that he wants. The natives are then employed, or not employed, no. they're forced into slavery, slavery. to bring him <laughs> at least a thimbleful of gold every three months. Right. If they don't, he cuts off their hands and they bleed to death. Right. Spanish settlers, yeah. they bring African slaves with them. Right. And the African slaves, they bought a thing with them. Called smallpox. Oh, good. Which is bad. Yes. Because we got rid of smallpox. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's bad. Yeah, it's very bad. Yeah. Smallpox is terrific. Yeah, we have some immunity. Yeah. But it's quite bad. How old are you? You would be fine. I think you'd be okay. You would have had smallpox. I know I have smallpox vaccine. I'm old enough to have it. You're not that much younger than me. You probably have smallpox. Do you have the, yeah, but I've do, got, you, do you have the big scar? Do you have the... No, no, oh, I don't. Oh, you don't have smallpox? No. You don't have the but, smallpox vaccine? But I do have natural immunity. You're robust. I'm robust. But like, you might not as far as smallpox. Smallpox doesn't wipe out right. everything. It, it's, it's bad. Right. It's not like the plague. No, well, yeah. Well, even the plague wasn't the plague. Yeah. But it's not like... It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. It's why the world went out of its way to get rid of it. Smallpox is pretty yeah, bad. Yeah, anyway, yeah. yeah it's, okay. it's, it's pretty bad. So, 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 okay. Smart so better. Smallpox, it's pretty bad. The Tino... Yes. ...on the island of Hispaniola had no immunity. Oh, no. No immunity. Oh, no. They became extinct as a culture 150 oh, no. years later. 150 years later following the settlement by the Spanish colonists. The first recorded smallpox outbreak occurred in December 1518, 33 years after I arrived. Right. The next one all but wiped them out. Goodness me. I have to protect them and this idyllic way of life where I'm already a god king (laughs) from the second greatest killer on the planet after malaria. Right. How do I stop smallpox? Got it. I'm going to trade with Columbus. Mm Mm-hmm. I want him to return with cattle because I need access to cowpox. Jenna discovered that milkmaids really got smallpox oh. and inferred it was their exposure to the less dangerous cowpox that made them immune. I'll inoculate them. That's why everyone thinks milkmaids are so beautiful and, and fair of face. You, people, oh. The idea of the beautiful milkmaid was because everyone else had covered in lesions and goddamn awful sores on their faces where milkmaids were still young and pretty and they didn't have yeah. all, the, all the lesions. So cowpox was cool. And also, they're professional boob players. So when yes. they get into the bedroom, they know what they're doing with the... What? With the Because they come in and they're like, oh, you want me to... Look at look at my udders, and they're oh, and they're really oh, sensitive with the nipples. You're a terrifying god king. Anyway, moving on. I said cowpox. I love the idea. Cowpox. Cowpox. Right. Give everyone cowpox. I'll inoculate them. I'll introduce cowpox. Yep. Now, yep. I could just allow cowpox to run rampant. Yes. But there's a better way called variolation or inoculation. Okay. That's the method first used to immunize an individual against smallpox. Mm-hmm. They take a little bit of the smallpox pus yes. from someone. Yep. And they make a scratch on your arm. And they put the smallpox on the arm okay. and then they bandage it up so that it doesn't spread because you don't want that to touch anywhere else in your body. Right. And what happens is you, you get... You cowpox or smallpox? Cowpox. Cowpox, okay. Sorry, right. cowpox. Yeah. Yes. So you end up with a little tiny bit of cowpox on your why, arm. Why cowpox, by the way? May, I'm intrigued why you'd want to put cowpox in someone. That would protect you from smallpox? Yeah. If you get cowpox, yes. then you won't get smallpox. Right. Okay, thank okay. you. That's great. So, so we, it activates the same defense mechanism or yeah. something. Right. Yeah, because I think they, they kind of come from the same... 
fathered virus. Right. I cool. believe. And cowpox won't blow your face off like smallpox. No, no. Cowpox is uh, pretty, pretty, pretty decent. Right. And you'll come up with some nasty welts on your arm. Smarter than better. Cowpox, it's pretty decent. Pretty decent. <laughs> come up with some nasty welts on your arm, mm-hmm. but it won't cover your whole body because mm-hmm. we've just done the scratch on the arm. Because uh-huh. usually when you get it, it gets into your body just like you inhale it or something and it gets in your body, yeah. nothing happens. And then it grows and grows and grows uh, and it bloods through your body. And the body's like, oh, oh what's going on? And then it starts Stupid to make body. pustules everywhere. Yeah. And, it's all, and, the, and the, by the time the body goes, oh, shit, cowpox, every, everyone, time to deal yep. with this. Fight, it's fight. everywhere. Right, yeah, okay. So it's like, this, it's, like a, it's like a revolution which the government doesn't know about until yes. it's too late. Uh-huh. So yeah, but, yeah, yeah, ignore that government. Don't. Do, we're not saying anything. There's but no... you get some, you get some cowpox disease, and you put it straight into a into the blood. Yes, it just boom up it comes. Right, and the body's like, the f- is that? Kill it! Kill it! It broke through our Kill skin. That and and know that that is. And look, be on the lookout for anyone like that. Or looks kind of like him. If it's got a moustache, then it's the same thing there with the moustache. Kill go. it too. It's genetic profiling yeah. on a very small <laughs> level. No, genetic? No, this <coughs> viruses don't have. Yeah, but they pretty much are genetic material. Oh, okay, cool, it, it, it brilliant. Takes over. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so cool. I just realised that you, as the God King, you'd be like, "I will bless you now. I will touch your skin. If you are truly faithful to me, your skin will turn red and pustulate." Yeah. And I'll go. Yeah. Oh, look, we're all we're all faithful. It's kind of like Tyler Durden and the lie and kiss. The lie, yeah. And it's burning. Everyone has the mark of their God on their body. Oh, that's cool. And also, awful. yeah. But. <laughs> The immune system kicks into high gear, yep. takes care of the cowpox, and then you're immune to smallpox. Thank goodness. And all you get, tiny little bit of localised pox, boom, Bob's your uncle, save the population. Woo! Only one tiny little problem. What's that? Smallpox vaccination of the Native Americans, and these are the, from the same genetic stock as the Native Americans, yeah. could have disastrous results. Oh, the no. cowpox virus could be as deadly to Native Americans as the smallpox virus. What? They have no immunity. Oh, no. They have no immunity. Native American Indians lacked immunity to European diseases and to the domesticated animals of the Europeans. It could be that instead of saving them from smallpox, I end up dooming them all to a death by cowpox. And that would be really embarrassing. (laughs) God King says, oops. So, yeah. My bad. So I can't just inoculate them. I've got to vaccinate them. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so I've got to get a retro vaccination. (laughs) In 1492. Yes. Or maybe 1493 at this point, yeah. Uh, Well, no, he's got to come back for his second one with the cows. Yeah. I need the cows first. Yeah, right. Okay, to get the original... So cowpox. I get cowpox from a human. Right. I give it intentionally to a cow. Okay, so how are you going to do that? How are you going to? How will you do that? You get the scratch from yes. the same way. You get the oh, scratch okay, right. It, cut yep. the cow. Yep. Put the cowpox straight into the cow. Right. I want people like how God loves cutting things. You yeah. He's yeah. a cutter. He, oh look. He's, oh. I mean, we're just north of South America. They're all about cutting. Oh, so. yeah, good point. Like, at least he's not carving a heart. Yeah. Out. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well done, big yeah, our God King. Well there done. you go. Yep. Okay. Then you take the lymph nodes from the cow and you dry them out and you make them into a powder. And you wipe that powder on a scratch on the skin uh, of them. So you've taken a human human cowpox and you it's give originally it to come from a cow cow to a human to a human back to a cow back to a cow back. take the lymph nodes right got it okay yes ask me what a cow's lymph nodes look like what does a cow lymph node look like Dan no f-ing idea Duh! no idea at oh, all no. I looked at charts but I was rapidly running out of time <laughs> oh, at this no. point and I'm like oh. I don't. I don't know what a cow's lymph nodes look like. Yep. I kind of know where they are. Yep. I might be able to work it out. Yep. But I could really f*** this up. Yeah, yeah Like, right. I could make a complete Bring another cow. Stab, stab, stab. Okay. Bring another cow. Stab, stab, stab. Okay. And... Can we eat that, sir? Oh, no, no. Can't eat it. And I am not 100% sure that I've completely understood retro vaccination either. <laughs> right. Like... I, right. I think I'm part of the way there. Right. I may I may be in a lot of trouble. Like we may have some people writing in. <laughs> I'm going to have to be really careful to make sure there's no crossover infection if the cowpox goes nuts. I've got to be ready to deal with smallpox as well. Okay. And so we come to the science of quarantine. Right. 
Ooh. Currently, we're having huge 10 family groups all living in the same huts. Yes. The Native Americans didn't believe that the disease could be spread by person-to-person contact. So using my godlike position, I shall tell them that a spirit curse presents itself on the skin as spots. Ugh. These spots are baby spirits trying to jump to another person. We'll quarantine people away until the second full moon. Make sure they get no human contact for 40 days, else the spirits get them. After 40 days, the spirits are gone and the infected is forgiven or they're dead. Yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah, that's... Okay. Yeah. Mm. So I think that's my best chance of staving off... A pretty nasty thing that yeah. will ruin the whole thing. Now, meanwhile, back on the beach. Yes. Initial meeting with <laughs> can I, Columbus. Can I just point out that what you said then, before you go on, Ebola, what you just said about is, you know, the problem with Ebola yes. in, in West Africa and all the problems there, that was a big problem. The people, um, got the name of the country, it starts with an L. Latvia. No. Lebanon. No, no, no. no. I, I don't. Lisbon? No, it's an African country. And uh, anyway, they, 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 I feel very sorry about that. African countries I've forgotten the name of. But they, one of the issues there, much more touchy-feely culture. So they, they hold hands and the, the men walk around holding hands, women hold hands, everyone holds hands. And they have a habit of hugging each other a lot more. Terrible, terrible place. Sounds it awful. Sounds just awful in my mind. I'd get funny in the head very quickly. But when, No, you and, started funny in and the and head. What's, what's, lovely, what's lovely about it is they, they care for each other very more than than our culture does by holding. But the problem with that is when you're sick, they hold you and they hold each other. And, of course, with Ebola, which mm. is in the blood and into your mucous membranes, you catch it. Yeah. And also with the, like, don't touch the dead bodies, don't touch fluids. And, they, of course, people were touching dead bodies and touching fluids. Well, we'd be like, get that body away from yeah. me. It's bleeding from the anus. At- uh, and and we, then there was, like, there's some parts of their religion which is, like, you can steal other people's power by taking their blood. It's like, yeah. but we need to take your blood to save you. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. doctors were being murdered yeah. for being witches. Yeah, that's, that's, there's a problem with that. It's, it's that problem of quarantine would be the good for Ebola. It's what worked for Ebola, and it's also what's worked now for your people. Okay. Well, back on the beach. Back on the beach <laughs> with Columbus. Yes. I have managed to refrain from stabbing him. Yeah, right, good. Okay. Because you need him. You needed him for cows. Yeah. I'll have already told everyone that the god of cassava, that's me, Mm -hmm. needs gold to go into the soil to help the crops. Right. So we'll bury all the gold. Before he gets there. Before he gets there. Oh, right. We don't want him to find gold. Okay. We welcome Columbus and his crew. We feed them. We tell them that we don't have any gold at all. But the Carib, the people who drove us to the island, <laughs> well, they forced us off the goldfield islands. <laughs> they made us live here on the island with no gold. <laughs> and when the full might of the Spanish fleet bears down on those guys, <laughs> we can feel pretty darn good about ourselves. Because <laughs> f*** those guys. <laughs> We're going to use our two enemies against each other. <laughs> also, yes, Columbus... Leaves a single outpost of Spaniards after his first voyage. Right. That's where the sexual violence comes from. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We wait for him to leave, mm-hmm. and then, and I think you'll like this. Right. We stab those motherfuckers <laughs> in their motherfucking necks. <laughs> and if he ever comes back, <laughs> we tell them that they died of syphilis, which originated in the Americas. Yay! And everyone lives happily ever after. And they never try to have sex with one of us again. So you're going to weaponize syphilis... At least weaponize the story of syphilis. Yes. To make them realize, don't touch our women. They're full of syphilis. Full of syphilis. Syph- oh, we're the syphilitic people. Look at that. Yeah, they killed all those Spaniards. Just look at them. The yeah. syphilis bur- burrowed into their motherfucking necks. <laughs> all right, you oh. bastard, lulling me into a false sense of security. <laughs> I gave you seven years. I gave you seven years. Yeah. I thought you were going to be building guns or things or you know, like waiting to fight them off. But anyway, yep, fine. Yep. All right. I like your way. Clever clogs. Yeah. Uh-huh. I am sending you back, yes. not to a deserted beach. Uh-huh. Oh, I sent you to a paradise. Yeah. Well, oh. I'm telling. I'm going to send you to an architectural paradise. Oh. You oh. are going. To the central city of Rome. Oh, wow. When? One. (laughs) One. 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 One current era. Okay. Rome. One. Sounds like a spaceship. Yeah. It's the walk, it's the walk, it's the walk of shame. Dan and Greg really try and they mucked it up. And this is the segment where we set them straight. Oh yes, it's the walk of shame.
That intro was sent in by Jeremy from Kansas. Thank you, Jeremy from Kansas. It's oh, welcome, 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 Shane. I feel, I feel like we should both pop out of a jack-in-the-box <laughs> after the end of that. I think people think that about us most of the time when we speak anyway. Yeah, We're jumping out of boxes and that was amazing. Oh, that's please send in more Walk of Shame intros. We love Walk of Shame intros. Oh, I'm starting to regret it myself. No. But I'm glad that you're enjoying <laughs> that it. That was fun. Jeremy from Kansas also yes. wants to call you out. Oh, really? Does yes. Jeremy of Kansas? Oh, so he writes a song for my segment and he wants to call me out? Yeah. Bring it, Jeremy from Kansas. In episode If that's your name and your location. In episode 98, while interviewing Rebecca Allen, Greg yes. mentioned that the strength of Earth's magnetic field oh. is the second strongest of the planets after Jupiter. Uh-huh. In fact, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus and Neptune all have magnetic fields stronger than oh, Earth's, making dear. it a lowly fifth in order of strength, oh. not second. Oh, dear. First in the terrestrial planets, maybe? <laughs> it would be. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what I said. Fair enough. I stand corrected. Walk of shame. Yeah. Walk of shame. Phil Koenig reckons that Terry Pratchett's Klax machines mm-hmm. were actually... Pretty close to the Murray Telegraph. Oh, So okay. saying that it's Terry Pratchett's idea yes. when it's actually the close to the Murray Telegraph, I'm not sure about that because mm. the clacks transmit information visually Yes, where the Murray Telegraph transmits it by a wire. But mm. I can see the parallels. Oh but yep, yep. the ancient Greeks did invent the clacks, mm. Mm. though I think you kind of touched on this at the time. I didn't. What's really interesting is someone else actually sent it in. I, I'm sorry I, I don't have your name here, but they sent in the hydraulic telegraph was created in 4 BC. There you so go. There two groups of people sending it in. I've, I, when I looked this up, I was like, holy crap, I had no idea. So imagine a big... Because you, well, you mentioned signal flares. Yeah, you're fire, you're, you're kind of like Lord of the Rings-esque, yeah. uh, lighting fires. But this is 4 BC, so what you do is you just have a, a float on some water, and then you fire a, so a light, and you, the other fort and another mountain, they open the spigot. When you open the spigot, when the light goes off, and yep. it drops down. Then you fort another light, and it stops. And whatever number it stops, yeah. the gradiated number, that means attack, send us food. So you can, put, you can only yeah. do it with the number of things you've So it's like, war! Yeah. Or stranger on horseback. Yeah. And, it goes, and you're like, oh, please don't stop there. Please yeah, don't stop yeah, on war. Please yeah, don't stop on war. Yeah. And it's like, oh, go past that. Stranger on horseback. Uh, <laughs> plague! No! <laughs> Okay, it's still draining. It's still draining. It, 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 it's like... And then uh, the last one is forgot to send a flare up. So she said, <laughs> out of water. <laughs> Why did we waste so much? No, I could have drank that. But yes, uh, thank you to the two people who sent that in. I, I spent a long time reading about hydraulic telegraphs. Later on, they actually created a telegraphs that were connected by a pipe so you could pump water down on one side and pump it up the other side. But that's a that was that wasn't Greeks, was it? That was uh, the in Greeks. Brit- that was in Britain in like the. The 1500s Greeks did invent that as well, but later than 4 BC. Yeah, all right. That's and you right. can't do that over a massive distance. No, no, that's right. Well, no, because the pressure gets way too high. But yeah, that was. I was just. That's great. So thank you for calling me out on that one. But you still would have invented it 350 years before they did. Yes, yes, that's right. Yes, so screw those guys. Yeah. <laughs> After the last interview with PhD candidate from Swinburne, Rebecca Allen, I was looking for a song about. Space. Looking for a song about Pluto. Looking for a song about the whole area out there. And I found one! If it was about the whole area, and it was kind of like a, an average, the song would just be like, there's nothing there. Nothing There's at all. nothing there. There's On a major average, there's nothing there. There's kind of occasionally things, but they're so insignificantly small compared to the nothing there. Nothing it's there. Nothing there. Nothing there. You could. It's apparently like a 70s surf song. You could, you could put a blindfold and fly around and hit nothing because nothing's there. Nothing's oh, there. And now we want the audience to put that together into a song for us. The Nothing There song. There you go. Uh, go to it, audience. Oh, my goodness. Because <laughs> that's funny. All right, so I found a song for you, Dan. I found a song. They invented a reason. And that's why it stings. They don't think you matter Because you don't have pretty rings I keep telling you I don't care I keep saying there's one thing they can't change I'm your moon, you're my moon We 
Imagine you've gone to the doctor mm. and the doctor's gone, there's a growth inside you. Mm. Mm. It's almost definitely cancer. Yes. And you've done a biopsy and you're in at the meeting ready. You've, you've, you've accepted your fate. Mm. You've accepted just how awful it's going to be. <laughs> and the doctor goes, well, we did the biopsy, Mr. Beeston. And it turns out that what we thought was a gigantic cancerous growth was this ingot of gold, which is yours legally. <laughs> Like that's the relief oh, that I found. Oh, there we go. Hearing Jonathan Colton. And is it my only issue, my only scientific issue is he goes, Pluto wasn't downgraded to a dwarf planet because it didn't have pretty rings, Jonathan. There's much more to it than that. I know it's artistic license, yeah. but Jonathan Colton, there's a lot more to that, and you should know better. You seem to be a man who's involved in this song. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. it's, it's a lovely song. I love that song. I, lo- I love playing that song on my guitar. Oh. Like, I, that's how much I love it. Oh, there song. you go. Oh, I'm glad that you found one that you didn't make you make you. Wretch uncontrollably. <laughs> That's very nice. Aww. You have been listening to Dan at smartenough.org. Also Greg at smartenough.org. Follow us on Twitter. Oh, hang on. Uh, follow us at the Brisbane Powerhouse Theatre. Oh, my goodness. On the 1st of September at 7pm. That's a Tuesday. It's coming up. It's a free show. It's a game show style format. We need everyone to come along. You could win fabulous prizes if you want to stand up and tell a story, a scientific story to a panel of judges. And they will judge you based on their merits. Basically based on the uh, how interesting it is, how well it's told, and how true True it is as well. There are three candidates, and you will win fabulous prizes. Our judges, we have ABC radio presenter Spencer Hausen, and we have CSIRO chiroptologist and friend of the show Dr. Jen Parsons. We have energy expert and friend of the show Dr. Joel Gilmore. And the really interesting one is the Honorable Leanne Enoch, the Minister for Science and Innovation here in Queensland. So come along, and they will judge you probably quite nicely. This is costing us money to put on. Yes. So we're uh, offering sponsorship packages. Would you like us to promote your service or product? in both the live show and on our podcast, mm-hmm. we have sponsorship packages. Mm. Only 100 bucks or 150 bucks for the primary one. Yeah. We will talk about your product or service in glowing terms at the show. It will be included in the podcast and we will love you forever. 
Our podcast maintains a download rate of over a thousand per episode. Plus, of course, the live audience on the night. All new people coming to see all the strange judges, all the strange game show kind of stuff. Oh, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be really exciting, actually. I'm very excited. Check out the information on the website, smartenough.org. And also, engage yourself in conversation using our comments section there. Yes, please do. And you can also check it out at the Powerhouse website as well. Which will be linked in the notes. Follow us on Twitter, SE2KB. And Facebook as well, SE2KB. And, of course, we always love it when you rate us and recommend us and all that sort of stuff on iTunes. Very much so. And subscribe. Definitely subscribe. We need the subscriptions. Subscriptions, 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 subscription. Developers. And if you're coming to the live show, please do contact us and say how excited you are on Twitter or on Facebook or on email because that makes me very happy and stop freaking out because I'm doing a lot of that. <laughs> As we always like to say, those motherfucking in their motherfucking necks. Get your get your beer for goodness sakes, Dan. Get your beer. You don't you don't perform properly with that unless you unless you're nicely toasted. Oh, it would be fun to just start up. I go da 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 why get smart theme? Because uh, it's episode 99! Right. Why would you want to do that? Because it's 99! And 99 uh, is from get smart. I know, but numbers come from anything. We could go... I know. We could do any number and... So the secondary character in get smart, we're going to... If you want to spend the time on doing it, that's up to you. For a man who's like, I can't possibly, I'm very busy, got to do all the stuff... That's that's a really interesting use of your time. That, but that has no reference to anything else we do in the show. Or, or... Imagine, imagine dozens of people going. Oh, dozens of people. To the podcast going. <laughs> that's what I'm after. <laughs> that's what we want in this world. Sorry if I underwhelmed your... Uh, no, your it's decision. good, honest feedback. <laughs> we don't get anywhere by molly coddling my no. fantasy. No, no, no. It's very true. Very, very true. That's a thing I just created on the spot. Good, good, good. (laughs) That's sock mid. Sock sock mid. No, that's a medicine journal, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. What? Social media. Yeah, yeah. Sock mid. What the hell? As opposed to actual media, which is Ahmed. Ahmed. It's generally anti-Ahmed, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty in Australia it is. Yeah. yeah. We're not not too sure about the Ahmeds. I mean, Greg and I are oh, very much on board. Oh, wait, 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 we're fine. We're just, don't, the media don't, is. Don't media. drag us in with the Courier Mail. No, no. <laughs> I mean, the generic, generic newspapers. Yeah. The News <sighs> Limited. Uh, I don't know, Fox Junior. Baby <laughs> <Thank you>, Fox. <laughs> it's free! As in beer. I don't, I've never understood that phrase. Free beer? Like, but beer isn't free. Someone's paying for it. Yes. Free, free isn't free as in beer because beer's never free. I, never, I don't understand what you're talking about. Sorry, I've got not track. <laughs> and in this episode of Smart Enough to Know Better, I am going to... What the f*** am I talking about? <laughs> it's sizzle, baby. It's sizzle. It's all yeah, sizzle. It's true. It's the throwaway. It's... <laughs> it has no value, no content. <laughs> we hate it. We don't stop marketing breathing down our necks they've got to listen to the whole thing that they just downloaded to listen to we've got to like a, a t-rex in the past and a t-rex has this big big bulbous cheeks like like, like, <laughs> like, like a, a chip, squirrel like a squirrel yeah it's like i keep my meat packed into here <laughs> jabber the rex ja- yeah 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 <laughs> So she sent me another article going, hey, look at this. And there's all this talk about there's evidence that dinosaurs had 
air sacs all through their bodies, going into their bones, these air, and different pneumatic systems. It's wow. Bizarre. I'll, show, I'll send the article to you because you're like, holy shit. Like, so their bodies were quite light. So I sent her a thing saying, okay, that's And all. buoyant. Uh, yeah, well, it would have helped them be larger and hold themselves up. Not, not Well, still air. It's not, not helium. Not like... No, 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 but in water. Like, yes. I'm, not, yeah. I'm not saying <laughs> that the dinosaur... Bobbing is floating across <laughs> like a comedy blimp yes. with teeth. <laughs> it's desperately trying to grab onto vines. <laughs> Hanging on, floating the Poor T-Rex with his little tiny front arms. <laughs> Hold on to the rope, T-Rex. I love the idea. The dinosaurs weren't wiped out by a comet. They just floated into space. Floated away. If they're on the moon going, Rawr! comedy death match. I said, if you took lions and you sent them back to the and Jurassic. them. No, no. <laughs> Jurassic, took them back to the Jurassic and released them into the into the veldt. How would they do? Because they're, they'd be more solid. So we had a conversation. And she said, oh, no, the lions would probably do very well. A, maybe they're more intelligent. We don't know. That's that side. That, yeah. We don't know. They'd have, be denser animals. So against a, a similar-sized dinosaur, they would probably dominate it because they would crush it like an egg. They'd just take it apart because they'd have hollow bones and have these air sacs. They'd go crunch. The only thing that the dinosaur might It'd have... pop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> And we watch the mighty lion fighting the dinosaur. <laughs> 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 Burrowed into their motherfucking necks. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of editing in this for you to bleeping things. Nah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs>